This episode is brought to you by my new online group program, Connected Eating, where I help people that struggle with emotional eating from feeling out of control with food, feeling not in alignment with how they want to care for their body, and spending all of their time worrying about it, that they've tried every diet, and finally know that diets have claimed too much of their time, but don't know where to go next. This online group program has been built from my many years of helping people that struggle with food, but now it's not just me to help through this process, but also with the support of all sorts of other people that are working towards the same goals. I have heard too many times that people think that they're the only ones that feel this way, that they haven't spoken with anyone about the way that they eat or the way that they feel in their body. So I'm on a mission to create a community. You no longer need to feel alone, no longer feel ashamed thinking that you're the only one or that it's just you. It's not you. It's how diet culture has impacted all of us so similarly. So come and join us. Come and learn from both me and other people moving towards happy eating and being comfortable in their body. Follow the link in the show notes and I'll see you in there. Welcome to the Art and Science of Eating. I'm Jessica Begg, Registered Dietitian and Clinical Counselor. I worked for 15 years in programs for the treatment of eating disorders. I now help those that struggle with emotional eating and their relationship with their body. This podcast is where I answer questions to help people along this bumpy journey to creating peace with both food and their body. This week's question was sent in by a listener. They ask, I eat all of my emotions. How would you help me with this? This question hits to the core of food struggles, I feel. And what we need to understand is about the connection between food and our emotions, and that it's an integral part about being a human being. It's how we interact with the world around us. Culturally, universally, around the world, we use food as celebration to comfort when somebody's hurting, and more importantly, most importantly, the way that we come together to share time is around food. So this is a really important part of something that we really need to keep. And I think that this is the, the struggle that people find is that we need to capture and maintain that emotional connection to food because it's important. But how do we maybe drop or release the part where it's not really working for us? And I think that that's what this question um, really speaks to. And for that, we have to look into the into where it all began, and it starts right from the beginning, is that as soon as we're born, we are soothed with food. You know, we cry as, as we leave the womb, and, and we get fed immediately, and, um, you know, that sets up our relationship with food and, and how it soothes us. So because it's so long-standing, we have to be really compassionate about how long or how difficult it may be to create some changes. So I think that, that that's the first step, is, is being compassionate to know that it might take a little bit of time first to understand what's going on and then to slowly make changes and make changes in a way that suits us. The next thing that we need to start thinking about is where this where this all kind of came about, the parts that may not be working for us. And that too is where I would start going back, back in time. The way that we learn to use food and manage emotions are often through through systems that we learn within our family. So we might see how a family member might use food when they're upset, um, that they, they, they might um, do that. 
The other thing is, is that often within families, and we do this with all kids, is that we'll tell, we'll, we'll tell a kid when they're crying, shh, be quiet. Um, you know, that, that basically we teach that child that to express emotions is, is not socially acceptable. And so when kids don't have other outlets or other coping strategies, that food will be very, very quickly picked up is, is that I, in order to kind of manage my emotions, that not only do I see it through through my eyes, is that actually I can tell that when I feel a, a difficult emotion and it's not socially acceptable, that food can be very quickly used. Over time is that that connection gets really honed and sometimes people will say it's not even that I even feel I don't even know what's going on that I find myself just using food and that connection between understanding and feeling that emotion gets gets um, severed and we use food instead and that's really not to say that that's a negative thing that this can be a really positive protective mechanism that people have learned and maybe in really distressing circumstances that it's that food has really helped protect that person to move forward through life and to get them where they are and I think that this is another point um, here is this questioner is asking is is that they're eating all of their emotions that that has actually been their strength so that they can be here today to even ask this question and so we need to be quite thankful of how food has worked in really positive ways to get that person into adulthood Okay, so then the other thing that we that we understand in terms of the connection between food and emotions is sometimes too, if we look at family systems, is that um, within a family, maybe a child has grown up and genetically they're kind of, um, you know, what we might say, what I, I call in our house like a nervous Nelly, is that um, maybe they we might call them, you know, quote unquote, super feelers. And in a family system where feelings weren't necessarily acceptable or they saw that, you know, just in terms of the messages that they got that feeling that way, that um, they weren't properly um, met by their emotions. So they, they might actually feel more emotions than another kid and may not be able to, to manage them. And very, again, like I said, in this, you know, just the fact that the family um, isn't ready or, or able to, to meet them there that they use food. The other thing around that, around emotions, is that sometimes within a family system, um, somebody might learn that it's not by saying like "be quiet," shh, shh, is that we have um, we get secondary emotions, is that we feel guilty about feeling certain ways, so that maybe we've been told that we shouldn't feel that way, um, and and then again that that food helps manage us with around the sense of feeling shame like I, I shouldn't feel this way I shouldn't feel sad but I do and um, food is very helpful in that way the thing about it doesn't really like I, not to say that it doesn't matter what what um, how this this connection came about in terms of using food to manage emotions is that we use we use very similar ways in order to um, create the connection back with emotions. So it doesn't, meaning that it doesn't, if, if the disconnection to your emotions exist, however it came about, is that we can create connections in, in the same way. 
So understanding the why is important, but we don't need to like really deep down drill into um, exactly what is the functionality, I think, all the time. Sometimes it's really helpful um, to understand, okay, well, this is what I understand in my family and this is what I learned. And so unpacking it um, backwards that way is it can be very helpful. Um, but I find that creating some space in order for us to understand our emotions are very helpful for us to then get a real, um, to not only recognize our emotions and then give it acknowledgement and space that we really needed as a child. We don't need to fix it. We need to often just sit with these emotions. And so that can be very helpful as adults. Now that we are adults and we do have the capacity to, to sit with our feelings, we've got more resources than we did as a kid. So that might be the sp- just the first step is creating space. What is what is the emotion that I'm sensing here when I get an urge to eat? And so that that is where we work back is so knowing that in, when we get an urge to eat is it a physical hunger or is it an emotional hunger? And so what, what if you haven't listened to some of my earlier episodes is, is what is enough food? That has to be the utmost priority because it will be difficult to distinguish between physical hunger and emotional hunger. So assuming that the physical hunger has taken is um, been taken care of, is that if you can identify, okay, I'm having an emotional urge here to eat, what is what is it that's going on in my body? So what do I, is there a sensation that I feel in my body? So for instance, um, when I feel nervous, um, as I am now talking on the podcast and recording and watching the little, um, you know, recorder go through, is that I get this nervous tightness in my chest and I know that that's nervousness. Um, maybe when somebody is hurting me, um, you know, like emotionally, maybe they've said something quite hurtful. I might feel a different sensation in my test chest. It may not be tightness, but it might be like a kind of a broken heart kind of feeling, or, um, maybe it moves up into my throat. Those physical cues can kind of help us understand the emotional cues that we might be getting by understanding that a little bit more then then we can kind of sit with it and so we don't always have to change our emotions and and move past it just like with that child of just saying you know like you shouldn't feel that way is that if we can sit with it a little bit more and soothe it just like you would a a, a child as an adult now of maybe giving giving yourself a hug um you know giving a little bit of time and space to just feel that way and knowing that it's going to pass the other thing too is is by so if you want something more active is and that is very helpful as well and i mean active as in like doing something i don't mean like exercise is that by understanding what is the emotion that you feel then we can get a little bit more of a honed response to that emotion so the thing about food is that it it works in all senses like just as i was saying at the top here is that we use it for all sorts of all sorts of situations, when we're happy, when we're sad, um, when we're hurting. So food is really good for all sorts of emotions, but that's where it can kind of be too much is when we're using it all the time. And I think that sometimes um, we try to eat more and more and being kind of somewhat disappointed that it's not really addressing what's going on. And I think that that's where we can have a maybe more dynamic response where we have a bunch of different things that we may use at the same time as food. 
So this is the other thing to think about is that I don't necessarily think that we should remove food, even though that you're using it for an emotional response. It's just that if we are only using it, it becomes to be too much. So sometimes what I get people to think about is, okay, if I'm feeling, for instance, nervous um, or anxious, is that... um, is that at that point, knowing that I'm nervous and and maybe restless, I get a sense of restlessness, is that that's where maybe moving our body might be helpful. Is that like maybe, you know, dancing around in the room and and swinging your arms and then, you know, kind of doing some deep breaths that that can help kind of discharge that restlessness. If I'm feeling maybe hurt um, or lonely, some of those more kind of I kind of find like an an inward type sense of maybe I'm not restless at that moment, more just kind of like wanting to turn inward is that I might do things like um, my favorite thing is that what I tell everybody I love, I'm, I love my um, hot water bottle um, is that I find that a very soothing, soothing sensation of the heat and the, and, and so that can be a really nice um, thing to just cuddle in on the, on the couch and snuggle in with a hot water bottle or, or hug a pillow or a stuffed teddy bear to give that sensation of of a hug and that can soothe in that way even with those two scenarios you can see that I'm doing different things for different emotions the other thing too is like I said is that you can still have food so I might turn inwards have the hot water bottle and maybe grab that special kind of like comfort food that I might have at that moment and that whole experience is really quite soothing is is that we don't have to necessarily remove food entirely. The honed response pit is, bit is really important because I think sometimes when people feel, um, they might say like, I just wasn't feeling very good. And it's kind of just uh, without kind of understanding exactly what they were feeling is the common response is they say, well, I, I know that I, and I say this with air quotes, like, I know that I feel like I should quote unquote, go for a walk, because I think that that I know that that would make me feel better. The thing is, is then they say, okay, but then I ended up staying at home and ate instead. The response there, what I think is, is that they may not have necessarily understood exactly what the emotion was, because that maybe was a misfit in terms of what was what they needed in that moment, is that could have pulled them out, but it wasn't actually really quite soothing to go for a walk. Maybe it required more energy than what they had. So going into inward and lying on the couch and giving some actual rest um, and soothing may have been a better response. The thing is, is sometimes that carries shame around taking time and rest and we don't necessarily give ourselves that. And food, this is where they can, um, where food can play a role is that it's like, okay, well, I'm not allowing myself rest, but I'll allow myself the energy to eat. Um, And so this is where, um, you know, sometimes shame around feeling or needing certain things and not necessarily giving yourself permission to do that can kind of, you know, create these maybe um, 
disrupted or disconnected responses to what we actually need and feel. And so that's where we go back to when you understand how you feel, then we can actually create more um, honed responses or more appropriate responses for yourself at that moment. Anyways, I hope that that answers the question. Pop me an email, guys, um, listeners. I would love to hear if you had any further questions because I'm kind of just going over the overview. And of course, we can continue talking over the following weeks about this because this is a really big and really important um, question and there's more to it, obviously. I loved this question and I'm sure we'll come back to it. Thanks so much, guys. See you next week. If you'd like to come on the show to have me answer your question live or you have a question you'd like me to answer on my own on the show, email me at support at shiftnutrition.ca. Looking forward to chatting with you all. See you next week. This podcast is for education and information purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team to discuss what is right for you and your care.